there are a ton of good values falling in these 2023 dynasty startups at the wide receiver position that you have to know about. Go get these guys on your roster. You're getting them in late rounds. They are absolutely going to outperform where they're being drafted right now. We're going to give you quite a few guys here that you should be targeting these uh, later rounds of your rookie drafts, getting good deals on these somewhat veteran wide receivers. Some of them still young, though, even. There are some even some young guys here that we're going to buy. So uh, first, make sure you like the video. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. As always, we are going to release all kinds of Dynasty content the entire off season, and we love it if you subscribe to the channel and support us. Make sure you check out uh, our locals page where you can get access to our Discord. That's where all of our exclusive content is. Trade advice, our ADP data, listener leagues. We've got our second listener league is now open, so if you'd like to get in the league with us, make sure you head over to locals for our supporters. We're opening leagues, and we're still doing that. So check all of that out, <clears throat> and let's get into it. So, you know, having done a fair amount of these startup drafts already, I think I've done three. I think you've done one, right? Correct. We have already started to identify some of the values that are falling in these drafts. And so, you know, I, I like to think that as the offseason goes on, I get better at drafting these teams because I start to realize where the value is falling, where, the, where I'm consistently getting nice values on players. And what tends to happen almost every year is with these wide receivers, you know, there are somebody that people are fading because they didn't perform as we expected them to, but where they're just fading them too much, or there's somebody that's being faded uh, because of age. I think people forget a lot of times that we play dynasty and not redraft because although, you know, Mike Williams did not perform to the level that he was capable of last season, Mike Williams is playing with Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert has a new offensive coordinator and Mike Williams, granted he has to stay healthy, is also playing alongside a receiver in Keenan Allen that, a Chargers beat reporter reported today. I don't know if you saw this, that Keenan Allen's actually a cut candidate for them because they'd save a ton of money cutting him. <laughs> wow. So if that's the case, I mean, let's just start there with Mike Williams. I did, So I did a startup draft this week. I'm doing a startup draft right now, actually, with our DD Listener League 1. So shout out to those guys. I got Mike Williams in the ninth round. and And look... The fact that we're getting these receivers where we're getting them means that you're probably going to want to go to the comments and say, yeah, that's not really good value because the fact that we're getting them here means that everybody thinks this. So this is these are just guys, in our opinion, that we think are good values. Mike Williams is one of them. Mike Williams, obviously, you saw uh, in the previous year, in 2021, he was a wide receiver one. Him and Keenan Allen both. I mean, Justin Herbert supported them both. And obviously, this last year, that offense took a step back. The coaching was... Just completely abysmal. I, I don't even want to get into it. They're, and they, they kept them. I know. I, they at least are going to have a new offensive scheme. And and regardless of who's there, you know Eckler's going to get his own and you know Mike Will's going to get his own. So Mike Williams, obviously, he's only... Is he 28 now? He is 28. I think he turned 28. 28 years old. I, I, I don't know why we're looking at wide receivers at 28 and saying, well, it's time to ship them off. Especially when you're getting in the ninth round tied to an elite quarterback, proven that he can per, per, I mean, perform at a wide receiver one level. Yep. He, and I mean, at this point in your career, draft capital doesn't matter. He has first round draft capital, though. So with Mike Williams, is there? Is, do you have any concern about him being hurt? I mean, no, I, I don't think so. I, I mean, it was just a tough year just, for just, everyone just, on the Chargers. I mean, was, Herbert like broke his ribs. Herbert was not. Um, and he the, added the best the he could have shoulder been. thing too. Yeah, the like, shoulder he played thing. through the whole season. Um, Mike Williams is a big dude. He's going to take the contact. You know, he's going to get banged up just like everyone else in football does. He played nice. eleven full games this season. I, I know his points per game are kind of warped a bit because of him. You know, playing in two extra games, but you know his snap percentage was way down because he didn't play the entire time. So if you adjust, I, I'm adjusting here. 
um, basically adding all 11 of his full played, fully played games um, this season. And his points per game was, was 15.16, which is all, just under what he did in 2021 as a wide receiver one, 15.4 points ninth, per game. This is, round. Yeah, and that's exactly what we predicted that he would do this season. Barring the injury and barring, you know, obviously he was wide receiver 32 or whatever on the year in total points, but points per game, he was a wide receiver one again. So that, look, we cannot stand Brandon Staley and we cannot stand Kellen Moore as NFL coaches. Correct. We don't think the Chargers are going to do anything of really significant relevance so long as they're coaching there. Fantasy is a completely different story. Yes. Kellen Moore going to the Chargers actually, I think, is a really, really big deal for Mike Williams because of their pace of play. So since Kellen Moore was in, was in the offense in Dallas for the last four seasons, um, they were like top five in pace of play every single year. That means more passes from Justin Herbert and actually Austin Eckler getting, getting more time as well. Um, and, and whoever that and, and the running back is yeah, too, uh, whoever, like, what, whatever running back they get, everyone in that offense is going to get more opportunities. And that again, for fantasy is going to be awesome. So with Mike, Mike Williams, I don't even care if they draft a receiver because if they end up, you know, cutting Keenan Allen, Mike, and Will's getting, Mike Williams, a veteran. And if any of you guys watch the chargers games, like we did last year and watch Mike Williams, he is not slowing down. He is not a bad receiver. He's Every time he's our old man targets. injuries either. Like I mean, y- yes, no, he, I see the concern, and, and I know you want to go down in the comments and say, "Well, the, the injuries, old and yeah. the injuries." Well, I really do understand. But again, the in the ninth round, in the ninth round, like it's, he's worth taking a shot. It, it, that's, what that's what we're going on. And, you know, production based on price and and where that value is, and then Cortland Sutton's the next guy. <clears throat> now with, with yeah, thanks. Now with Cortland Sutton, um. A little bit of a weird year because, you know, he came out and was playing very well and very, um, he was producing at a very high level at the beginning of the season. I think Russell Wilson really liked targeting him. You heard it, you know, kind of through training camp. The storyline was that Cortland Sutton was really, you know, connecting with Russ. You saw it on the field. He was doing a lot in terms of receptions and, and yards and was the clear cut wide receiver one there. And then things started to shift. Number one, Russell Wilson was butt. Uh, but number two, Jerry Judy actually started to step into his own a little bit, which is kind of hilarious because <laughs> Jerry Judy's another guy that uh, that is being drafted at pretty much the same place as he was last year, and he actually flashed this year, and now you've got Sean Payton coming over there. But even Cortland Sutton, I mean, you have to consider the offensive scheme is going to be completely different. Uh, I will say that Hackett was awful, and I think Nathan agrees. Awful. And so, you know, I think Russell Wilson is going to be better, but I think as a result, his receivers are going to be better. I think Dulcich is going to be better. I think Cortland Sutton's going to be better. I think Jerry Judy's going to be better. But with Cortland Sutton, I mean, where's, what's his ADP in our model? I think, I think uh, it's like he is um, 11th or 12th at the round. Started the 13th round. The 13th round. 126.3. So like, he I, dropped four full rounds. Like, like guys, I get it, but, um, you know, his, his efficiency metrics are middle of the road. I would say against the man oh, man defense, yeah. they're they're fairly good. But with Corlin Sutton, he's just in a res- he's in an offense that's going to throw the ball a fair amount. They they're still going to. I mean, Sean I mean, Sean Payton is looking to get the most out of Russell Wilson. They absolutely can. And Corlin Sutton is a big part of that. I mean, that, that if you don't think that defenses aren't worried about stopping Corlin Sutton, well, you're just you're just not wrong. Whether I think he's going to be the wide receiver one there or not next season is fairly irrelevant because I'm almost certain that he's going to produce at a level higher than him being worthy of being drafted in the 
13th round, especially at 27 years old. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the contract, I mean, there's a lot to say about his contract, too. I know they, they re-signed him at, um, in the middle of 2021, and he does have a potential out in 2024 um, where they could save, you know, yeah. $35 million. But again, that's going to be up to Sean Payton, and I don't know if they're just, they don't have the draft capital to replace Cortland Sutton anytime soon. The Broncos don't. Um, so I could really see, I mean, talk about a upgrade at coaching. <laughs> uh, uh, Sean, Payton, Sean Payton will make anyone in that offense look good. He, he just will. We are f- so far from being Cortland Sutton lovers on this show. We have been yeah. not fans of him since everyone was high on him last year unnecessarily. And um, we said that Jerry Judy was going to be the alpha wide receiver there. And it turned out that when he was healthy, he was. Um, and Cortland Sutton is just, he's being faded a little too much right now. And for what you're going to get from him, I mean, he still had over 10 points per game this past season. If you're getting that in the 13th round, like that's, that's pretty nice. And that was definitely the the floor of what people expected from Sutton. I don't think he's going to do that again. I think he could get a little bit of uptick in produ- production next year. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. Tyler Lockett is the next guy we're going to talk about here. And I think I, I, if I had to guess his, ADP is at the beginning of the twelfth round or something around yeah, there. Yeah, it's actually real close to Cortland Sutton. It's uh, it's the end of the twelfth. The, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I've been <laughs> doing my math wrong. Tyra Lockett's ADP is at the start of the eleventh, and Cortland Sutton's is the middle of the eleventh, not the thirteenth. But how are you two yeah. rounds off? Uh, because I All was. Right, I don't want to know. Anyways, don't, so don't Tyler, ask, Tyler Lockett. Ask. <laughs> I mean, look at what he did last year playing with. I mean, I guess it's not anything to say he's playing with Geno. Geno played well last year. But, I mean, he produced at a wide receiver one level at 30 years old. He just turned 30. And I know at some point you're looking to get out on these guys. 30 is more than 28. I'll give you that. I know at some point you're looking to get out of these guys, yep. you know, before they end up losing all their value. And with But with Tyler Lockett, I mean, what do you actually, if you're a contending team, what are you selling Tyler Lockett for right now? Like a late second, maybe? So yeah, At this point, with the depth of 23, it's even hard to get a late second for him. So, exactly. Early third. So, I don't know. It just seems like going and selling, you might as well at this point when his value is in the 11th round or pass, you might as well ride Tyler Lockett out because he's proven, obviously this year he had 117 targets, he had 1,000 yards receiving, but more importantly, he had nine touchdowns. I mean, look at the last three seasons for Tyler Lockett. He has 10, 8, and 9 receiving touchdowns. His receiving touchdown, he's proven that he's a touchdown threat. And when you're looking at evaluating guys for dynasty leagues, for fantasy leagues in terms of points, you're looking for those touchdown scores, especially in a league like ours where, you know, you're getting six points per touchdown. And it, I mean, that's, a, that's a huge bonus. That's a huge bonus. I mean, with Lockett, I get the concern, you know, the the yards per reception this year was down from last, but 14.8 or something around there fantasy points per game might have been more in PBR leagues. It's just, it's a very cheap option. I think they're going to continue to, I mean, it's Pete Carroll. That's the nice thing about the Seahawks is, you know, the system and they're going to keep doing the system and Tyler Lock is going to continue to get his own. I don't think he's necessarily slowing down yet. He hasn't really struggled with injury outside of him being bald and his hair being gone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's an injury. <laughs> He's somebody that I'm drafting in the 11th or 12th round of every startup right now. Tyler Lockett, and this is a fun fact, Tyler Lockett was my most rostered player in Dynasty Leagues last year. And it sucked because I got, um, he broke his finger in the playoffs. And I said, yeah, that I, messed all of I kind of got unlucky Ugh. and I lost a couple games because of that. But he got me a bunch, he got me quite a few top two seeds and into the playoffs because he was somebody that I could go acquire for a cheap like rookie tight end or something like that. I mean, that's that's classic 
don't underestimate points in dynasties. So. Yeah, talking about cheap rookie or uh, rookie tight ends, like I um, back to Mike Williams. Like I sold Mike Williams for Greg Dulcich, or I bought Mike Williams for Greg Dulcich straight up. And I know there might be a lot of you listening that actually would I'm take sure the Dulcich people. side, but no, it, like it's that's, Mike Will easy. It's Mike Williams. It's, it's easily. Easy. So I I don't understand. So moving on to Christian Kirk, I don't understand why people are too worried about Calvin Ridley. Yes, I remember the last time Calvin Ridley played football. We I love do. we love Calvin. Calvin Ridley. Ridley I mean, he great. was a guy that I drafted going into last season when he was supposed to come back for the Falcons, drafting him in the top four rounds, five rounds, and it bit me. I mean, it bit me hard. So I think it's fair to expect Calvin Ridley to come back and be a solid contributor for the Jaguars, especially tied to Trevor Lawrence and, you know, Trevor Lawrence coming into his own, starting to establish himself as an elite NFL QB. You would expect him to... I think a lot of people, though, are expecting him to come in and and take that from Christian Kirk, take that wide receiver one role. And I don't think that's a given. No. Looking at Christian Kirk, uh, I mean, 5'10", 200 pounds. He's, He's 26 years old, so he is not old. 26 is not old. He's got, I mean, you, at 30s when you're starting to maybe think, okay, maybe these guys are old. But you saw what he did from a production standpoint this year. Uh, his efficiency was was just fine on the Jaguars. I mean, he was doing a lot with, you know, honestly, a lot of guys that got targets in that offense, which was which ended up being surprising. But Christian Kirk is far and away the best receiver, or he was last year. I think Calvin Ridley will give him a run for his money. But Christian Kirk was the best receiver in that offense last year, and it wasn't even close. And I think a lot of people questioned Christian Kirk's ability to have that wide receiver one role after being in Arizona all those years with Kyler. And, I mean, it's a testament to Christian Kirk, who stepped in and actually killed it, but it's also a testament to Trevor Lawrence. You Sometimes you just have to elevate these guys because they're playing with elite quarterbacks. And he's playing with Trevor Lawrence, and t- Trevor Lawrence has established chemistry with him. And I, what's his ADP? I uh, Ridley's Ridley's ADP? No. Uh, or, Christian, oh, Christian, oh, Christian Kirk. Kirks. Um, I'm talking about. Yeah, no, I know we keep consistently getting him in the seventh to eighth rounds. Um, I am finding him. Oh, man, where is he right now? Um, he is, well, I know Ridley's still, he's, Ridley's just, he is on his tail right now. Um, Christian Kirk is currently going at the, um, like the end of the seventh, so eighth round. So if I've got a bet, I mean, Ridley's older too. So if I've got a bet on a guy like that I think is going to get the wide receiver one targets in Jacksonville, at this point, I'm betting on Christian Kirk. Yeah, no, I, I am too. And and honestly, I mean, of all the guys that I would expect to lose a lot of their target share with Trevor Lawrence finally going off in the second half of the season, it's going to be Zay Jones and it's going to be Evan Ingram. If Calvin Ridley is going to take targets away from anyone, anyone it's going to be those two guys because yeah. there's just there's less talent there. I mean, Evan Ingram has uh, was playing at an elite tight end level at the end of the season, but again, we don't even know if he's going to be re-signed. And and with with Ridley and 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 Kirk, they'll they'll be complementary pieces. And I mean, with what we've seen in these crazy elite passing offenses this past season, is that you can have two high producing wide receivers at the same time that aren't really taking away much from each other because then you <laughs> they're two elite wide receivers. So pick your poison. One of them's going to going to get the majority I'm of the better than the guy that's been playing football you know? for the past few years. Like, yeah, I, I, I no, think, I am I, I am too. I would agree. It's and just, I, I just think it's I think it's interesting that people want to bet on Ridley so hard. Yeah, like, well, it's funny that we're betting on Ridley too because Jacksonville hasn't even bet on Ridley. It's a conditional second. If Ridley doesn't play, 
because remember, this is he's still indefinitely suspended. If Ridley doesn't play, all they gave up was a fifth round pick. Yep. They haven't given up anything yet. Good point. So just just keep an eye on that for sure. You know, I, I wouldn't be overpaying for Ridley right now. Rashad Bateman is a guy that's interesting because he's historically been a guy that I have not liked. Um, I think he's I think he's fine receiver. I think he was fine in college. Um, I, I think his skill set is fine. He just never was in a situation um, that I was like really just trying to get him everywhere I could, especially at his price last year. Because I think after Hollywood got traded, naturally we tend to over-adjust for whoever's left on that team to be the wide receiver one. And with that being Bateman, I did not expect him to fill that role uh, from a from an elite production standpoint as quickly as people thought he would. And lo and behold, he not only didn't, but he just ended up being hurt. Well, the combination of those two things and him him obviously underperforming people's wild expectations, I don't think they ever should have been that high, and him having an injury has led to him plummeting quite a ways. And then if you could tell me his ADP here. Yeah, he's going at the start of the ninth round right now. So the thing with Rashad Bateman, and this is really interesting. I think I've mentioned this on the show before, but Robert Griffin III tweeted after Greg Roman, I think he, I don't think he was fired. I think he left the Ravens. But, you know, Greg Roman, he's one of the best offensive coordinators in the NFL, and his scheme has notoriously been very successful, and it was very successful with the Ravens at times. Robert Griffin III put out a tweet that we probably have on the screen now that basically implied that tight ends and running backs love Greg Roman's system because with the way that he is scheming, they are just, from a production standpoint, completely eating. And wide receivers hate his system. I think you saw that. I mean, I think I think Marquise Brown in the Cardinals system was, you know, while he was healthy on track to be more effectively used than he was in Baltimore. I think Rashad Bateman, I think he actually had some decent efficiency numbers last year in terms of yards per route run and things like that. And, you know, it just he wasn't getting the opportunity and then he was hurt. And so it was like, so now, I mean, they're bringing, okay. back, they're bringing back Lamar and Rashad Bateman is the wide receiver one, but they're bringing in, I mean, a whole new offense now. Uh, an offense probably where I would suspect that the receivers are going to get a little bit more run. And Rashad Bateman, unless they draft a receiver, which wouldn't surprise me, Rashad Bateman is going to be the going to be getting the majority of those targets still outside of Mark Andrews. Yeah, look, he has first round draft capital. They're not giving up on him anytime soon. He really hasn't done anything yet to still young to, to show that he's a bust. He's definitely not a bust yet. We have no idea. <laughs> I mean, if we don't want to, if we don't want to label Jerry Judy a bust for five years, we're not going to do DJ it with, Moore. D- uh, DJ now, Moore, of course, DJ we're Moore still waiting on produced, I mean, uh, Rash- level, Rashad but. Bateman, guys, just turned 23 years old. Just turned 23. He's got plenty of time. To I, we we preach. It's funny who we preach. Let them develop. Let them. Let them. Wide receivers take a while to develop. It's funny who we apply that to and who we don't. And and Bateman has all of a sudden become a guy that we're not applying that to. Which it's just it's just really interesting to me. We pick and choose who that applies to. I mean, if it were really, I mean, he's the wide receiver. I don't even know. From a production standpoint, he did I like I eight or nine points per game, I think. He only had two hundred and eighty five receiving yeah. yards. He only had two touchdowns. He only ended up playing in six games and getting twenty eight targets. That said, again No a lot half of those games were not even he barely played. Exactly. So. Again, new offensive system, same Lamar. Lamar can throw the ball. We know that. Shot bait. I mean anything else on him, I I no, I, he's he's a good value right now. If you can get him, he will go up in ADP. He will. I, I mean, whether it's, again, some training camp video of him catching a ball, something as simple as that, like he will go up in ADP. He has a draft capital. People will get high on him at some point. It, it always, always happens. So Talk to me about Mike Evans. 
Mike Evans is old, kind of, but but kind of not. You know, I, I I mean we've said this before. He's actually going back to back with Rashad Bateman here at the at the start of the ninth round. Rashad Bateman, Mike Evans. Well, and he's um, slipped a little bit. I got him in the a bit. tenth or eleventh today. Has, yeah, tenth, yeah. A late tenth is when I got the, him. The late tenth and. Again, if you're talking because the Brady news is why he's yeah a, a thousand receiving yards every single year that yeah he had a thousand receiving yards every single year before Brady came into town, and yes Kyle Trask is not going to be their starting QB next year. I'm just gonna you know go out on a limb and, and really predict that. I know it's hey, super super no, bold. No, put my Kyle Trask. Oh, I will. Up. I will. <laughs> don't don't worry. I will remember that. Oh gosh. Um, but. <laughs> That's like our most successful tweet. I know. I know. I woke so up one funny. morning and I was so grumpy that people were trying to trade Kyle Trask and I tweeted it and people yeah. didn't really hate it. But anyways, Mike Evans, I mean, there isn't much to say because his history speaks for itself. You know, he's not going to fall off a cliff. This is what we've been saying about D hop for so long. D hop isn't just going to fall off a cliff. He will have value until he stops producing. And, and he's not going to stop. Nice to not hear you not crap so, on D-Hop. So with, I, I never, really nice of you. Yeah, yeah. Um, with, with both those guys, but Mike Evans especially that we're just seeing, you know, and, and a lot of this is going to be because of Chris Godwin. But again, I mean, if if you're going to see the Bucks sort of potentially even rebuilding, like who knows what could happen with Mike Evans and where he could end up? Who knows what QB could end up being there, whether it's Derek Carr. I know people don't love Derek Carr as a QB in the NFL, but he does support some pretty high-producing fantasy assets. Yeah. Um, and that that could even, bode really well even for... he would do fine with Jimmy G. Too, oh, yeah. Like, no, Jimmy G, yeah. yeah. It, no problem with that at all. So all right. <clears throat> good, good stuff there. Yeah. Last guy, Gabe Davis. I want you to look at this. Do you know why we put that on the chalkboard? Because that's what people were saying Gabe Davis would do. It last was satire year. because because after Gabe Davis scored four touchdowns in a game against Kansas City, everybody wanted to overdraft him. And look, as much as I like Gabe Davis, I don't really like Gabe Davis. Like from just from a fantasy standpoint, the problem now has become I just got Gabe Davis in the eleventh round, and now because again we set these high expectations for people. And we did it. I mean, James Cook is a good example of this too. We do this a lot with Bills players because I think we just do, we underestimate how well Josh Allen moves the ball around to different weapons. But mm-hmm. with Gabe Davis, he didn't meet our expectations, so now we're fading him too. We're fading him too much, though. That's the problem. And with Gabe Davis, I mean, he was a wide receiver three on the year, right? I mean, he still was a wide receiver three. Yeah, I believe he's still he flexible. That's flexible. That's somebody that's flexible. That's like, tw- is he still twenty three years old? Uh. He's ridiculously young still. Yes, I think he's 23. A flexible... I mean, um, a dude, with, guys, with Gabe Davis Playing too, with Josh Allen. Yeah, and Simon did, Simon was like re- so much higher on Gabe Davis than we ever were going into last season, and well, we ended up sort of winning that argument because he thought that he could have, you know, wide receiver two, wide receiver one upside potentially. And But what one thing that he did say that I liked was, you know, of all the people that you're going to get in, in the later rounds, I, I would pick Gabe Gabe Davis because he will either score you zero points or he will score you 30 and that means that Gabe Davis like you said is going to be flexible you don't have to start him every week but when you do you know you have that ceiling of him just blowing everyone out sure. and that that does have some benefit especially towards the end of the season if you have start losing players and start suffering from from injury on, on your roster and you're forced to start Gabe Davis every week you feel comfortable knowing that hey he's not just going to be a consistent boring 10 points that's 
not going to win me games. He yep. could win me a game. Yeah. And, and that means everything because uh, boom weeks, a will. lot of times uh, when you win championships in Dynasty or in Fantasy... It's because Jarek uh, McKinnon scores 35 luck. freaking points. It's luck. In Gabe Davis, your, your chance of being lucky on Gabe Davis is way higher than most other players. So In, in the 11th round, there's hardly any risk. Yeah. Yep. People want to complain about James Conner. The, there's no risk. Yeah. Guys, when, no you're, risk getting, when you're getting players, these there's not... Yeah. And again, let's say the developmental thing, too. I, I mean... Yeah. Why were we so impatient on Gabe Davis when he did look pretty good this year? Yeah, at times. At times. And you you and he's not gonna do this every single year and produce at a disappointing level. He could do better next year. He could. We will preface this by saying, or I guess not preface this is the end of the video. We we will note that this is just our opinion. We like these values. We think these guys are going to outperform their price. It's possible that they won't, and it's probable that you don't agree, and it's also probable that we don't care that you don't agree. So don't get super mad at us for these, but these are just guys that we like. Let yeah. us, but let us know in the comments what you think. Tell like, us in the comments if let we, us, any guys that we missed. Guys, guys we missed. talk about it. Guys that you agree with, even guys you disagree with, although you're not going to change our minds. We like hearing that stuff too. Um, sometimes, sometimes I'll read some YouTube comments. Yeah, there's some honorable mentions that we didn't throw in here either. I mean, yeah. I mean, Deontay Johnson is a really oh, good value right now. Yes, um, you, I mean, you could go far down the list too. I mean, guys like Alec Pierce, even like even, David even Bell, on top Devontae Adams in the fourth. Devontae Adams, uh, Cooper Cup in the fourth. D Hop, Godwin, like those are all Godwin, you know, oh. always good values. Um, but always. these are these are the guys that we really notice yeah. the most. So. so make sure you like the video and make sure you are subscribed to the channel if you play Dynasty. Uh, we're going to come out with all kinds of Dynasty content this offseason. We're going to continue to grind it out, and it's going to get hot and heavy with these rookies, and so we have to have all that covered. Make sure you subscribe to the channel for that. Make sure you check out our Locals page as well to get access to our Discord. Make sure you jump in a listener league with us. We're doing four of those, and the second one is now open, so make sure you go to Locals. Check that out as well. As always, we appreciate you guys listening. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you later.